Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock uh, Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop Give him his props, here is a thought Here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all So don't even try, careful with the news But when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire Because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown Baby, hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go Hello and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. The season, uh, two weeks from tonight, we'll actually be watching a regular season game. But for now, it is Mock Draft Monday. We have a 1QB redraft mock that is currently underway, and we will be getting to that in a little bit. Uh, And we will also be touching on some of the big headlines from the weekend. But first, Dennis, how are you doing this Monday? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. I uh, remember to turn my AC on this morning, so it's not quite so hot here in the studio. So, you know, work was work. The weekend was weekend. We had some rain. Uh, We didn't get as much rain as Matt did down there in Texas. Um, I know he's in the midst of building an arc feverishly uh, before things get too out of hand. Um, No, I had a great day. Things are going good. Great weekend. Watch a lot of football. Got one more game tonight that I'm going to miss probably most of because I'm uh, in the midst of uh, I got this show and then I've got a Dynasty Nerds meeting. 
it's cool to see we got a couple dynasty nerds in the draft here. I think I think the B twelve twenty eight is Coach Stephen Pintado, Coach Stephen P on Twitter, and I think Kansas City twelve something. I don't know the rest of the numbers. Might be another nerds writer, Matt Plum, uh, Lil Penny here from uh, who's he, who's he writing for? He's, who's he writing for now? Um, he's with us at the. Music City Drive-In. Um, okay. and he's in quite a few leagues, but we we all got together on the Fantasy Life app blog. That's our original uh, good old John. And there I'm in a ton of leagues with him. As you may have noticed, Matt, still not entirely recovered. And you know what? You're going to have to get used to seeing this these two beautiful mugs on Mondays because most of uh, the Mondays uh, this off. This uh, regular season, as we're deep diving into our Sunday sadness, um, is just going to be me and Dennis. So we're getting it started here with a little mock draft Monday. As I said, we'll be getting to the mock draft format in a minute. I'm hearing fast and furious dings in my ear. I'm, I, if you see me come up, tell me because I'm not looking at it right this second. But before we dive into that, we wanted to talk about there is actually a little bit of news uh, going on. First, I feel like uh, we've heard this story before the last three years. Michael Thomas, uh, they're calling it a hamstring. He is out again, missing practice. Dennis, we were hoping we were going to get Michael Thomas back. Haven't really seen an explosive year from him since 2019. Are you worried? I think it's natural to have a little bit of concern. But, I mean, he hasn't really played in two years. He's still going to have to get himself in game shape. Uh, you know, high-performance athletes often, uh, you know, when they tweak a little bit. And it's time when it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter for Michael Thomas right now. He He's going to be just fine uh, when the, the lights go on in regular season. I, I do think they're – you know, there's some talk. He hasn't looked quite like he used to. The foot still or the ankle, you know, has maybe has permanently hampered his gait a little bit and you kind of uh, hamper in how he cuts. But I think until we see live action and it counts in the the scoreboards, uh, it counts in the, the standings, uh, Yeah, I, I think you want to hold out. I mean, he's going fairly late, so it's not like – you're spending a, a premium pick on him right now, so I'm not right. I'm not worried too much about it. Yeah, I'm just. I would like to see him have a a good season. I was very high on Michael Thomas. Loved that 2019 season. Probably invested a lot more shares than I should have in that offseason in dynasty leagues. And we just really haven't seen. He didn't play at all last year. Um, was barely effective. You know in 2020 and i think for the saints to compete and for Jameis winston to have the best shot they need to have him out there so i'm hoping it is just a minor injury and he gets back soon somebody who is back is tom brady but uh, as he has returned from his 11-day absence he finds that yet another of his linemen uh, aaron stinney the guard is gone for the year so Dennis, how do you feel about having tom brady back should we be worried about the absence and more concerningly what do you think about the line? I'm less worried about Tom Brady than I am about the offensive line. Um, you know, it was already being rebuilt and they're losing the parts that they brought in to replace the people that were uh, really good. Uh, I think the team knows exactly how important it is to keep Tom Brady upright and to give him protection 
And so they will make whatever moves they can to help protect him. Oh, I'm up again. Oh, I didn't get sniped. And they will make the moves they need to do to take care of Tom and and help keep him upright. They've got a lot of weapons. Um, so I'm not I'm not concerned with him going off and being on the mass singer or anything like that. You know, I feel like he probably when he retired for those 40 days had made some plans. And when he decided to come back, uh, Giselle kind of was like, hey, we're still going to keep these plans, though. Right. And if you're going back, you're going to need to do that. So I don't I'm not worried about Tom. I, I think uh, if the pressure gets too heavy, they'll go to a quick passing game. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not worried about Tom either. I'm interested if he really was on the the mass singer. That would make me laugh. I, I think that's kind of far fetched. I, you know, he's not a guy at this stage in his career that needs training camp. Uh, their offensive continuity seem to remain pretty good with Byron left, which uh, still being there. I am a little more concerned about the line because what he's losing is guards and centers. And typically where Brady has struggled the most is pressure right up the middle. Ali Marpet retired. Uh, Alex Kappa moved on. Now Aaron Stinney's out. That's three kind of guards you've cycled through. I know they have Shaq Mason that they brought in. Hopefully that helps. Losing Ryan Jensen's a little bit of a blow. I guess their backup center um, is doing pretty well. But that'll be remain to be seen. I still think Tampa Bay probably one of the two best teams in the NFC going into the season. Uh, the Vikings traded for Nick Mullins. Uh, this comes on the heels of a pretty horrendous game for Kellen Mond and Sean Mannion in which Mond threw two interceptions. If you had picked up Mond and had him on a taxi squad waiting for something to develop, are you more or less concerned by this news? Oh, I, I, have you seen Nick Mullins play? I'm more concerned. Yeah, he's been, I was going to say, he's been pretty good when they give him a shot. I mean, but he's only good for a very short period of time. He's not good for multiple games. Um, no, I, I like Nick Mullins as a backup. I do think that uh, Kellen Mond has always been somebody that was going to take a lot of time to develop. And at some point, uh, the teams are going to kind of cash it in. Uh, on those, you know, they've got a new head coach. I feel like they are looking at players that, you know, they're like, all right, because what was mine? Like a fourth or fifth round draft pick? And I feel so, like he was higher than that. Let me look. Him yeah, up. he could he could have been. He could have been drafted higher than he deserved. Um, I, you know, Kellen Mond was never the answer. Uh, I, I think it's more. It was uh, third round, 66 oh. overall. Man, quarterbacks just get so overdrafted. Uh, I I like Mullins as a, a backup in the vein of Chase Daniel or those guys. Um, you know, he'll come in and, and play a couple games for you. But if you have to give him a half a season, it's probably not going to go your way. Uh, but it was never going to go your way with Kellen Mond if you had to play him a half a season. So it's a slight upgrade over Mond, but not, not a ton. Yeah, I like Mullins being the backup there. I think that's uh, a good spot for him. And um, my only hope is this puts to rest all of the kind of rumors that Kellen Mond was coming for Kirk Cousins' job. I think, I think his job is safe. Uh, 
Speaking of starting quarterbacks, uh, Baker Mayfield officially named as the starter for the Carolina Panthers, not even going to let the rest of the preseason go out or the 12 days between preseason and playing, as Pete Carroll has indicated Seattle may choose to do. How do you feel about Baker being the starter there, and what does it mean for Sam Darnold? Uh, I would not be surprised if they cut Darnold just to – be done with it. Um, I also am not going to be surprised if they hold on to him because they've invested the cash in him. So why not keep him for one more year while they, they let that contract run out? It, I don't think it really surprised anybody that the Baker was named the starter. Uh, Baker's probably, you know, QB 24 QB with, you know, QB 20 upside. Um, but I don't think having Matt Rule as his head coach is a uh, uh, huge boost to his fantasy relevance. So I, I like Baker as a guy that has a chip on his shoulder and plays super hard, but Baker takes chances and makes mistakes and uh, can alienate teammates. And, you know, he's, I have the same concern with Baker as I have with Dan Campbell. At some point, that that rah rah tough guy, that that you know hardcore gamer kind of attitude, uh, wears on some people and and it breaks breaks down the fabric of of the team. Uh, you ride it as long as you can. Uh, I think that you know I'd have rather had Jimmy G. I think, but I I think with Matt Rule there, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think it doesn't really matter overall. I still think Carolina is probably a six or seven win team. And honestly, if they're not soaring with Baker, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Darnold play a little bit more. Uh, Both those guys, their contracts expire at the end of the year. I don't think either of them will be in Carolina next year. Uh, I hope for Baker's sake, that he has a decent showing. Um, I'm still not sure what to expect out of the Carolina Panthers. I'm not expecting a lot, but I do like them week one. I think Baker wants, uh, and that team on his behalf are going to want to lay the wood to the Browns. It's a perfect chip on the shoulder game, and he's a perfect chip on the shoulder player. Which which didn't Darnold open the season last year against the Jets? Maybe. Maybe. I believe it was like either week one or week two, so they got something going there. I mean, but honestly, Christian McCaffrey's going to make Baker look every good as every bit as good as he did Sam Darnold. So that's exactly it. Christian McCaffrey probably ultimately has more to do with Carolina's success, whatever it may be, than any of the quarterbacks. Logan Thomas activated off the pup, uh, so getting closer to a return for the Commanders. Are you excited? You know, he's performed when he's been in there, and he had a nice little stretch of, you know, a couple of years of fantasy relevant. He was like, every, he was uh, everybody's Dalton Schultz for a couple of years. Uh, everybody's Robert Tunyon. You know, he was that guy where he popped a little bit, then everybody's like, oh, he's going to go. I think if he's healthy and um, Wentz is playing well, he definitely has some uh, opportunity to be fantasy relevant, so I'm not uh, I, I'm not writing him off. He's more in the streaming tight end category for me. Um, I'm I'm not chasing him for dynasty, uh, but in redraft, he's definitely somebody I'd have my eye on for streaming capacity. 
Yeah, I, I still think, um, you know, I want to see if he's back and in good form for week one. Coming off the pup at the end of preseason is good. He can, he can get into some practices and some training camp rhythms. I'm not sure that totally means he's going to be ready for week one, but it's a promising sign. And Washington can use all the offensive firepower they can get. We will see what that means for Carson Wentz or, if you believe Twitter, Sam Howell. Um, Dennis, before we dive in, what cool offer does DraftKings have for everyone? Well, football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Play rain, playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win. Player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contest all season long to compete for millions in prizes. Next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN. Click on the Rainmakers tile and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent on the type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility, eligibility restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. I'm going to have to go to eligibility practice. I did manage to pause the draft while you read. Yeah, I was I was wondering if, it, if I was going to make it. Yep, so... I am going to uh, to pop the draft up there. Oh, I guess I need to drop out the uh, commission thing so that uh, we can see that cleanly. So you, you're you going through, uh, going to be making your pick. But I'm putting up the draft board. So we did a 12-team, one-quarterback PPR uh, redraft league. Wanted to kind of get in there and see how everybody is feeling. So after uh, Dennis gets to make his selection, uh, we'll start doing some analysis. But uh, first pick, uh, Dougie83 uh, took Jonathan Taylor. I doubt you're going to disagree with that. Uh, pick number two went Christian McCaffrey. And then we get to you, Dennis, with uh, Justin Jefferson. So why Justin Jefferson, and what did uh, the picks in front of you dictate to you? Uh, they didn't really dictate. I expected that it was going to go running back heavy. It's a redraft league, and in a lot of redraft leagues, it goes running back heavy. So I felt like I was going to go ahead and zig while everybody else was zagging. Eight running backs went in the first round. So I went ahead and took Justin Jefferson, who uh, is one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL for fantasy and has the potential to unseat Cooper Cup as the wide receiver one. So that was my reasoning. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty a pretty solid pick. Um, it is PPR, and in I believe in the roster format I set up, we're starting three wide receivers. So that's going to be 
kind of a big position of need. It makes sense to me. Taylor went McCaffrey. We've really seen, you know, people started to be leery of him. It seemed like earlier this off season, he's really bouncing back up. So that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> After you Cooper cup went, uh, then Najee Harris, uh, Derek Henry, uh, Josh, Josh Vegas uh, went on auto, so Derrick Henry went computer. Um, then Austin Eckler, and then we had Jamar Chase, and we got to Matt Bruning's pick of Dalvin Cook. But why don't you tell me what you think about the picks in between you and Matt? So I knew if I took Jefferson, Cup was most likely going to be the second wide receiver off the board. There's – you know, there's some concerns about Najee Harris uh, in the offensive line. I think he's going to be okay. He was he had a good year last year with the shitty offensive line. And, and the team overall at quarterback and offensive line, I think, is a little bit better than last year. So I feel like Harris is going to be fine. Uh, I know Derrick Henry was autoed, but I think that's really the right spot for him. He's kind of going right in the middle of the first round. Um, Austin Eckler the same way. With with Eckler, I think it he scared some people off with his uh I, I think they need to limit my touches. And then if you've watched the um training camp, Joshua Kelly has looked good, uh Isaiah Spiller has looked good, Larry Roundtree has looked good, and so it, they're giving um the other players are given the, the coaching staff a reason to limit Eckler's touches. So taking him at RB5, I was probably, in, in my eyes, is probably a little uh, a little bit high. And then Jamar Chase at, at uh, the 108, uh, I think that was a good pick. Uh, I, you know, the three wide receivers, Jefferson Cup and Chase, are generally going off the board as the top three wide receivers. And usually chases the, the second or third, usually third. Uh, you get the occasional Jefferson being the one, but mostly it's Cup, Jefferson, Chase in that order. Yeah, I liked, I liked the picks too. I uh, actually had pick three in a redraft league, and I took Cup as my top wide receiver. I think he's going to have a good year. I love Harris uh, again for for Pittsburgh. Derrick Henry, I don't agree that, or I don't disagree that it's probably the right spot. He still makes me a little nervous. I don't know what to make of Tennessee in general, though. Um, you know, and then Eckler Chase makes sense. Our friend Matt also wasn't online uh, when his pick came up. I don't know if he would have taken Dalvin Cook, but you could make an argument there. Um, you know, a two kind of, you know, he's involved on all three downs. Then Joe Mixon, who I think is a guy who's a little underrated for the production that he's providing. And then Lil Penny took uh, C.D. Lamb. I think he's in for a big year with uh, the Cowboys. So what do you think of those three picks before I get to mine at the turn? So if I didn't take Jefferson and didn't go Cup, honestly, I think I would have went Joe Mixon. I feel like Joe has a shot at the RB1, like the RB1 this year. And so it's as much as I, I like some of these guys, it was really, it was really, uh, 
hard for me to pass on Mixon because I think he's going to have a great year this year. So I love getting Mixon at the 10. Lamb, uh, he's been typically going a little bit, you know, three or four picks later, like just at or after the turn. Um, and then Javante Williams, you know, who, who would have thought you at 10 or 12 taking a Denver Bronco? I know. It's so off brand. Uh Workman brings up a good point, PPR with Eckler. Eckler actually finished as running back two last year. I think we've expressed among uh, the three of us a little bit of concern about whether they start easing off some of the rushing work to try to save him because I think the Chargers are not only interested in doing well in the regular season, they have some postseason dreams, but a very good spot for him. But as you said, I picked the turn. Um, I was thrilled when I got there. I got Javante Williams, who I like a lot. Um, I know he's kind of dropping down a little bit. I still think he finishes back end RB1. I mean, you heard it from Melvin Gordon that they're doing everything. They want him to be the guy. They're going to give him the ball, and I think that's going to be a good thing from what we've seen. And then I took Devontae Adams. I'm not scared by his move to the Raiders. I love the talent. Um, I thought he was the best wide receiver left on the board, so I went with him. Uh, oops, I... Did not mean to drop it that far, but let's drop so that we can focus on round two, which is now at the top of your screen. Uh, so after me, Little Penny went second wide receiver and grabbed uh, Debo Samuel. He's a big 49ers fan, a little bit of a homer pick. Then Stefan Diggs goes off the board, and then we get our first tight end with our friend Matt, Travis Kelsey. That was also, uh, in fairness, an auto pick. But how do you feel about Kelsey going that early? I know you've you've commented you think he is really the wide receiver one there for the chiefs yeah uh, i i think he's gonna get a lot of action and he's was what the tight end one for six straight years yeah. before um andrews andrews unseated him last year i think he's probably gonna take that mantle back this year uh so i don't hate the pick at all and I think that um, starting off with Dalvin Cook and Travis Kelsey, I mean, you could do a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, and I like the wide receiver picks there too. So uh, after Kelsey, uh, this probably broke Matt's heart more than anything. The computer gave him Kelsey, and the next pick was Nick Chubb. Probably in for a great season, especially with Jacoby Brissett, likely his quarterback. Then DeAndre Swift, your man from Detroit. Then we get our second tight end uh, for Josh Vegas. Then Keenan Allen. I think that was great value uh, for Keenan Allen because I think he's obviously the wide receiver one for the Chargers. I think he's going to be a top-notch wide receiver one overall in fantasy. And then we get Aaron Jones. So what do you think about the picks uh, between Kelsey and your pick? You know, and PP, I want to love Nick Chubb so much, but they just don't want to use him as a receiving back. And it, it drives me crazy. He's super efficient. They've got a great offensive line. He can catch the ball well. And I, I get that Kareem Hunt is good, but, like, let's give Nick Chubb – let's have Nick Chubb have a, a Leonard Fournette kind of season – like uh, Burnett did where he got like 70 receptions down in Jacksonville. I would love to see Nick Chubb. He put up 2,500 all-purpose yards uh, if he got that opportunity. So I'd have probably went swift over Chubb uh, in, in that sense. But, I mean, 
it's hard to say, oh, you shouldn't draft Nick Chubb uh, in the middle of the second round. Andrews is another one that he's still the – he's going to be the one, receiver one. I wouldn't say a wide receiver, but he's the receiver one uh, in uh, Baltimore. Uh, I know Isaiah likely has caught 137 passes for 91 touchdowns and 6,000 yards this preseason. Mm-hmm. Um but it's still the Mark Andrews show. I I love the person that uh, wanted to put that reminder out on Twitter that the uh, the Rams leader in receptions, yardage, and touchdowns in the preseason last year was Tutu Atwell, who didn't mm. catch a single regular season pass. You know, and then Keenan Allen and Aaron Jones are two um, really solid picks. They're both going to have good volume. Jones, uh, for being only five nine and two oh nine, I think. Nose for the end zone, great pass catcher. Him and A.J. Dillon make a great combo, and it wouldn't surprise me if both of them uh, had 1,200 yards from scrimmage this year. And then uh, let's see. And then I went Mike Evans. You know, I'm more and more I'm, I, I'm getting into the Evans camp this year. Uh, I think he's probably got one, maybe two more years of – really high volume production and a lot of his production comes off of touchdowns, but he has what he's had got had like eight or nine straight years of a thousand yards receiving. Um, And I think he gets another one. And, uh, you know, to start off with Jefferson and Evans, I feel like that's a really, really productive uh, wide receiver group. Yeah, I, I can't fault the pick. I, I think he's probably going to – he was wide receiver nine last year. I think that's a good mark for him. Again, he may arguably have a bigger role in the red zone with Gronkowski retired and a little bit of the uncertainty there. Behind you, uh, Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown go to round out the first round. How are you feeling about A.J. Brown? Do you think the volume is going to be there for him to be a wide receiver one? I, I think there will be enough volume for him to be. I mean, the biggest – they're going to they're gonna pass more. Um, they're not going to move from the lowest passing volume team in the NFL wow. to the top passing team in the NFL, but they are going to pass more. And wow. we've seen the uh, – we've seen the Eagles and A.J. Brown specifically – not necessarily the Eagles, but A.J. Brown. He's very explosive. He's very powerful. And he's very efficient with his touches because of that. And so I think that trend continues. I mean, when you what, – what is it? Once is a coincidence, twice is a trend. And he keeps putting up these really efficient years. And so at some point, you just have to say, okay, that's who he is and kind of ride it and, and see where it goes. Yeah, and I think I think he's going to have a decent enough season. So the second round, uh, Devontae Adams, then Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey at 204, Chubb at 205, Swift at 6, Andrews at 7, Keenan Allen at 208, Aaron Jones at 209, Mike Evans at 210, Tyreek Hill at 211, and then A.J. Brown at 212. So we're going to move on to the third round, and Dougie grabs – uh, Saquon Barkley at 301. Do you think that's good value for Barkley? Um, at, yeah, he's, you know, he's starting to climb back up. Um, that's what, two, five, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 
that's RB12, and that's kind of where he's starting to settle in at is the, the right on the edge of the RB1, RB2. Um, you know, you, you can't – for me, I, I look at it and I'm like, well, how can we say Christian McCaffrey's okay after missing, you know, what, 30 games in the last two years or 22 games? He's played 10 games in the last two years, so 16 and, plus 17 would be 33. So he's missed 23 games. And then, and then start to say, well, I won't draft Barkley there because Barkley has an, an injury history. So I, I like Barkley in the third round. I think that's pretty good value. I don't think it's great value. He's going to have to do some work, I think, to surpass that. And, you know, there's some question about how well Daniel Jones is going to fit into the uh, uh, Brian Dable offense. Uh, I don't I don't think if, if uh, Jones falters, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is the answer. So if Jones <laughs> falters – uh, it's going to be a uh, um, it might be a long season for the the rest of the Giants skill players, but I do like yeah. Barkley. I mean, he's a big powerful back. <clears throat> well, and where he went uh, for Dougie, he's actually his running back too because he took Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor at one hundred and one. So at three hundred and two, we get our first quarterback. This is one QB format, so not super flex. Uh, in Josh Allen, too high. Yeah. You would have waited. I would have. I mean, I, I actually thought it felt just we're in the, right for me. We're in the 10th round and I still haven't taken one. So, yeah, I, I think it was too high. Well, you're um, not a you're not a just a, a big time QB guy. But your pick in the third round, you went with T Higgins. I know you're on the clock, so if you need to make your your pick, we'll give you a minute. But you went with uh, T Higgins, uh, who ends up being your third straight receiver. So were you not uh, just didn't like where the running backs fell or you wanted to really hammer a uh, wide receiver. I I wanted to see what kind of running back group I could build if I waited. Mm -hmm. um, it was more of a, you know, it's a mock. So I'm experimenting a little bit. Fortunately, later on, we see that you got your, your homeboy. So I feel like you're running back course. Yeah, it's I, I I'm comfortable I, I'm comfortable with the room. There's a there's a couple backs still out there that I, I'll probably target a little bit later. Um, you know, for me, it was a function of let me get some super high end wide receiver production, and I'll build the team around that. So with Jefferson, Evans, and Higgins, I potentially have three wide receiver ones as the foundation of my team. Um, I'm going to go ahead and make myself a pick here. Well, I just don't, you know, we're, we're kind of in a dead zone for running backs and wide receivers. Just not anybody I really, really like. Might be time to pull that quarterback trigger. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know, I guess. Why not? Uh, Jared Goff is there for you. Man, I just well, I, so I I'll take I don't mind. I actually think that's good value. He should have gone before some of the guys that have already been there. I considered taking him. I'll get to mine later. So after right after you, we have Alvin Kamara go. 
do you think Kamara slid a little bit because of concerns about New Orleans or maybe concerns that he could still have a suspension looming out there? I, I think people are still catching up to the reports that um, he's probably not going to be suspended. Uh, no. You know, in redraft, I, I know a lot of the, most of the players that are uh, drafting in this draft right now play a lot of dynasty. And so they're fairly up to date on the news of what's going on. But there are a lot of people out there that spent all summer hearing about how he was going to get suspended and that now they they may not have caught up to the news that it does not look likely that he will be suspended. Um, huh. I, I think that's that was good value yeah. for Kamara. Um, RB13 off the yeah, board. Yeah, and we'll have to see how he fits with Jameis Winston. There is some concern about that. Yeah. So uh, I, while you're going through, I'm going to – race through a lot of the rest of this uh, third round. So after Kamara, uh, you know, we kind of four interesting picks in a row to start. Then we get Kyle Pitts, uh, could be in for a big year in Atlanta, goes at 305. Then Justin Herbert, the second quarterback off the board, goes at 306 to Josh Vegas, who at this point in time has two running backs and a quarterback. Kind of an interesting build, but that uh, was largely because of the uh, computer AI. Then we get Ezekiel Elliott going as 14th running back off the board. Feels like some decent value. Then Leonard Fournette, who could be in for a solid year for Tampa Bay, goes. And then our friend Matt took Michael Pittman. We know how much he uh, he likes Pittman and how high he and I have been on Pittman being in that offense with Matt Ryan. Then we get the rookie, Brees Hall. Uh, obviously somebody who's not afraid of the uh, ever-shifting Jets offensive line. And then Little Penny goes with Travis Etienne. Uh, how did you feel about Etienne going in that spot? I know we've we've gone back and forth about how we think he might do. So he's going as RB16. Uh, he has demonstrated some of the concerns about his lack of vision. Now he's explosive. Uh, there's no doubting that if he gets the ball in his hands and he has an opportunity to get up to speed and he can get there fast, he, he could take any play all the way. The challenge for him is that when he's running like that, he, he doesn't have great lateral movement uh, when he gets up to speed. And if he's running inside, he doesn't always have great vision. And so he, he will hamper his progress a little bit. Uh, there. I, I don't hate it. It's probably four or five running backs ahead uh, of where I would have picked him. Uh, looking at it, it's probably three running backs I'd have taken over him. So I'd, I'd have had him, that'd have put him at RB19 if I had. Yeah, he's at 17 right now. He's a 17. Okay. okay, so he would have been 20. Yeah. So yeah, I. I, you know, I would have taken Earl, uh, Earl Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, um, and Dobbins over him. Yeah, so, you know, I've talked about it before. I'm just not quite as high on um, ATN, and I think he struggled a little bit. It, to me, it is an ultimate upside pick. So where he took him, you know, if he hits and he delivers what some people thought he was going to have, that's a great upside pick. Uh, for me, going right after him, I was thrilled that J.K. Dobbins fell. I know he's coming off injury, but 
you uh, would be hard-pressed to find a team that's more into running the ball than the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, So I think he's going to have a big year. So that kind of closed out the third round. I'll recap them quickly. Uh, Saquon Barkley went at 301, then Josh Allen at 302, T. Higgins to Dennis at 303, Kamara at 304, uh, Kyle Pitts at 305, Justin Herbert at 306, Ezekiel Elliott 307, Leonard Fournette 308, Michael Pittman 309, and then three running backs to close it out, Brees Hall at 310, Travis Etienne at 311 and I took Dobbins at 312. So I'm going to roll through uh, the fourth round. I'm going to read them off and then we'll let Dennis tell us what he thinks of some of the picks. I started it off. I went with Jalen Waddle at 401. I picked him because as I've mentioned, I still think he's going to be the highest finisher among wide receivers. For Miami, I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver, too. Little Penny took Elijah Mitchell. He's a huge 49ers fan. He gets Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell. We will see another piece of the 49ers uh, come up for him later. Cortland Sutton, um, I was torn. I almost picked him. He goes at 403. I think he's going to have a great year with Denver. Uh, Deontay Johnson goes at 404. DJ Moore at 405, which feels like pretty good value. Terry McLaren at 406. Then Cam Akers at 407. Patrick Mahomes becomes the third quarterback off the board at 408. DK Metcalf at 409. And then Dennis, you took George Kittle at 410. And we wrapped up with uh, Mari Cooper at 411 and Darren Waller at 412. So what stands out to you about this fourth round? You know, there's a really nice group of wide receivers in the fourth round with Waddle, Sutton, Johnson, Moore, McLaurin, Metcalf, and, and even Cooper that have the potential to finish as a top 15 wide receiver and maybe even higher. Um, and that's really, you know, we're getting into the fourth round. We're starting to to build out our starting lineups. We're looking for upside and there's still an opportunity to get upside with some consistency. And I think those wide receivers um, can deliver that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the third quarterback. I mean, you, you know, it's tough because when you look at like Allen and Herbert and Mahomes, Lamar, Burrow, uh, even Hurts, these are all guys that, you know, if somebody decides they want to take them in the fourth round, any one of them, as much as I, I'm like, I probably wouldn't do it. It's, I, I don't necessarily hate it. I think those are going to be the top quarterbacks. And I think they're going to, you know, sort of, I, I don't want to say that. I don't think there's going to be a huge spread uh, in points from QB one to, to QB eight. Uh, it could happen, but I think guys like Lamar and Hertz, you know, and Allen even are offsetting some of the passing stuff with the rushing. And then you've got guys like Herbert Mahomes and, and Allen who are being either high volume or very efficient with their passing. And so it's it's really a, a different combination of guys uh, doing or scoring points at quarterback in different ways. You know, I, I'm Mitchell is a guy that I keep bringing up my. Uh, my board a little bit. I, I'm starting to feel more and more like he's a he's a guy that could really provide some some uh, boost to my team. 
Yeah, and I don't <clears throat> think there was a lot of big surprises for me in this fourth round. DK Metcalf, I think we're unfortunately seeing fall because he has a pitiful uh, quarterback situation. They probably have the worst quarterback situation um, going. But, you know, I think most of the picks make sense. Sorry, I was grabbing my, my picks on the board. So let's look and move on to uh, round five. Jerry Judy kicks it off at 5.01. Uh, gets a big boost probably uh, with Patrick being out, a clear-cut uh, second option there. He's probably in line for some more targets. I've been moving him up a little bit too. James Conner uh, was actually RB6 last year. Um Hard to tell if he'll have the same touchdown volume, but feels like a potential value here. You got an absolute steal with Mike Williams at 503. I had not realized until you picked him that I that he was still on the board. I might have done things differently. Brandon Cooks goes at 504. Amon Ross St. Brown at 505. <clears throat> Uh, David Montgomery at 506. Then Allen Robinson, who I think is in for a good year at 507. Marquise Brown uh, goes at 508. And then Josh Jacobs uh, goes to our friend Matt at 509. AJ Dillon at 510. Darnell Mooney goes right in front of me uh, to Lil Penny. He was a guy I was thinking about scooping up there. I end up going with Dalton Schultz as my tight end. I've said before, I think he has top three tight end potential. I think he has potential to finish as the tight end one. I like him a lot. I felt pretty comfortable given uh, that he is the one, two, three, four, five, sixth tight end off the board. I felt like that was a pretty decent value, but what do you think of the fifth round overall? I think you're muted. Yeah, in in the fifth round, I was playing chicken. I I really was struggling. Like I I, I wanted to take a tight end, but I I was debating when I took Kittle. I was did I is did I really want to go tight end there? Did I want to go? I I was looking at Mike Williams. I was looking at James Conner. I didn't really want to take Conner, and then. So I thought, well, let me grab Kittle. I wanted to take Kittle over Waller because, while well, I think Waller's still going to have a good year. I think it may be down a little bit um, versus last year. So then when I came back around and I took Mike Williams, I was looking at taking A.J. Dillon. And so I, start, I thought, you know, I looked at the ADP and Dillon was going about two or three spots in front of my next pick. And I thought to myself, you know what, let's take a risk and see what happens. I looked at the, the team makeups and I felt like there were enough running backs off the board that I had a shot at him coming back to me. Uh, but Dylan didn't even make it out of uh, the round, let alone back to me. Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't see taking Jacobs or Montgomery or maybe even Connor over Dylan, I, I I've got Dylan in front of them. I think Dylan is going to have a fantastic year, and so I would have had uh, taken Dylan over all of those guys. Um, you know, Mooney, I I'm struggling because I'm not buying into the offense as a whole yet. As much as I love Justin Fields, they're having so much trouble with their offensive line that. I'm just getting nervous about it. So I, I, 
I like Mooney. I think that's probably good value. But man, it was it was really something that had me thinking. Uh, you know, I just can't. I just couldn't take Mooney there. Yeah, I, I still think he finishes probably as a um, as a top twenty four receiver. Well, let's go through one more full round, and then um, I'll start asking you how you feel about how these teams are coming together. But in the sixth round, I kicked it off with Hunter Renfro. I am not scared uh, by the addition of Devontae Adams. I think he and Adams are going to be great. I am scared that I'm a Broncos fan and just realized I've taken two Raiders wide receivers in this mock draft. Um Please don't pull my fan card. Uh, then Little Pony grabs Tony Pollard. Could have a big year in Dallas. Joe Burrow goes off the board at 603. Then Gabe Davis, uh, one of the all-hype players, goes to Matt at 604. Drake London goes at 605. Then Lamar Jackson at 606. Antonio Gibson continues to slide down, goes at 607 here. Probably the fear is getting real about what his role is going to be. We see him sliding down. I'll get your thoughts on that in a minute, Dennis. Then 608, Rashad Bateman. Uh, 609, Chris Godwin, who actually looks like he might be on track to start week one or week two. That could end up being insane value then. Damian Harris at 610, Michael Thomas at 611, and Juju Smith-Schuster at 612. So, Dennis, before I get to the rest of the round, what do you think about this fall for Gibson? I feel like it's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, You know, they're going to use Robinson, but I kind of feel like maybe we're not noticing that Gibson is going to move into the J.D. McKissick role. You know, I know they like McKissick. They brought him back when uh, things fell through in Buffalo. But they, but I feel like the opportunity is there for McKissick to be a, a weapon in the passing game, a weapon in the running game, and a weapon in the return game. Now, unless you get points for return yardage, that could be problematic. Um, but I, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a sufficient role. And as his price is dropping, uh, you can ask a little penny. Uh, I made made him a shit offer, hoping people were souring on him. Actually, made a few of them, and uh, just to see if I could pick him up cheap on some contending teams because I felt like everybody's getting scared off by this, and and it was an opportunity to take a guy that had over a thousand yards last year, and and get him really cheap. But people uh, honestly weren't really biting, but you know, I, I also wasn't making terrific offers. I, I was really lowballing it to try and grab him. No offense, John. Um, so I, I think there's some overreaction. I think he's going to be productive. Uh, he's not going to be top 12 unless something crazy happens, but to see him finish top 24, I, I don't think that that's out of the question. Wandale well, Robinson's off the board. Going there. Uh, you know what I was interested? So Damian Harris actually ends up becoming your um, your first running back. How do you feel about him as your RB1? Well, the way I built the top of my team with those three uh, wide receiver ones and then adding Kittle and then Mike Williams, I, I feel like Harris is a guy that he could – 
eke out a thousand yards, but have 17 or 18 touchdowns. Wow. And so to me, I, I'm banking on him, not necessarily from the reception standpoint, but I'm banking on him scoring a bunch of touchdowns. So we won't go round by round because we're getting close to an hour when we're going to wrap things up. But Dennis, uh, you are now through 13 rounds. You followed up with uh, Kareem Hunt and Rashad Penny. So you got your three running backs in a row. You got your boy Penny. That's all that matters. Then you get Christian Kirk, your quarterback, Dak Prescott. You got Rashad White in the 11th round, Jacoby Myers in the 12th, Nico Collins in the 13th, if I'm so you should have all the positions covered. What do you think of your team so far? I I, I kind of like it. Um, you know, I went wide receiver heavy. Rashad Penny is a guy that, as long as he stays some semblance of healthy, he's going to be uh, a producer. Pete Carroll likes him. Uh, I think he gets every opportunity to replace Chris Carson this year. And, we, we've seen what he can do um, when he gets volume. It all comes down to how can he manage the pain of getting hit 20 times a game. Uh, you know, Hunt, I kind of went in for with the receiving action. I, I don't think Hunt's going to get a really, really high volume. Sometimes he'll get opportunities to close out games if the, the Browns are ahead. He'll get some additional opportunities. And then Rashad White was a guy that I, you know, I'm at that point where I'm looking at handcuffs and trying to figure out, well, who can I get to get me some points, you know, late in the season, uh, could end up maybe taking over a role if somebody gets injured. And here I'm, I'm going to go Mark Ingram because he's a guy that, is going to be the grinder for the saints until he can't grind. I mean, he's 31 years old. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of time to scan the board and uh, see which teams you really like. And also to make your pick our friend, Matt, um, you know, he started out Dalvin cook, Travis, Kelsey, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, Josh Jacobs. Then he took uh, Gabe Davis, got chase Edmonds, Damian Pierce in the eighth Jarvis Landry in the ninth Melvin Gordon in the 10th. I wish you nothing but luck. Uh, Tyler Algier in the 11th DJ Chark in the 12th KJ Osborne, and then gets his man, Justin Fields, who actually uh, currently is Matt's QB one in uh Round 14, kind of an interesting there. I feel like he has some upside running backs, maybe a little bit of stability with Jacobs and Cook, barring injury. Uh, has two really good wide receivers, and then to me, a couple of uh, questions. Um, so kind of an interesting build for him. The computer took some of those players for him, so I don't know how he would have finished out. My team, I started uh, Javante Williams, no great shock there, and then took Javante Adams, J.K. Dobbins, Jalen Waddle, Dalton Schultz, Hunter Renfro, and then I followed in the seventh. I took my quarterback, Russell Wilson, again, uh, a little bit of a homer pick. Went with Devin Singletary. I watched him when he came on with the ones in Buffalo. It looks like he's still top of the rotation. He still looks really good. I'm taking a chance. I grabbed Isaiah Spiller. I talked about, uh, we've talked about a little bit that we think they may try to save Austin Eckler a little bit. Spiller, a guy who could do that for the Chargers. Michael Gallup, 
uh, in the 10th. I knew I was going to have to wait for him a little bit because he probably won't be ready right at the outset of the season, but I think he will have a good role. Dallas chose to invest in him and Dalton Schultz this offseason, letting Cooper go. Uh, then I grabbed Matthew Stafford. I might play matchup plays a little bit with my quarterbacks, depending on who I think has greater upside. Grab Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell actually finished higher than Miles Sanders last year. There's been a lot of positive buzz about him. It's a crapshoot a little bit with Philly running backs, but I thought, why not? Grab Pat Firemuth. I love him at tight end. I love him as a scoring option. He's a guy I would consider at that position playing in the flex. And then I got KJ Hamler. I think he could be in for a big year if he stays healthy. He is kind of a downfield threat. He's one of the top three receivers. I think the injury to Patrick opens things up more for him. I'm a little bullish on him. But Dennis, do you have a roster that you like a lot so far? I, I think at, at this point, you know, there's a lot. I, I like the Eagle three running back build with Eckler, Swift, and Elliott, then following it up with McLaurin, Robinson, Elijah Moore, Brandon Ayuk, and Sky Moore. Lamar Jackson at quarterback. It's uh, so I, I took Kittle and Prescott as my QB and tight end in this format. I'm not drafting a second quarterback or a second tight end because I'm not going to, uh, I'm only going to need them for one week, theoretically. And if I do need, need one, then I'll just stream one for the bye weeks. Uh, I love Joe Mixon, Diggs, and followed up with Diggs, Sutton, and A.J. Wow. Dillon. That Brees Hall pick was great. So there's, you know, three for five, three running backs, two wide receivers, then Burrow. I do have some concern about Devonta Smith. You know, the, the Slim Reaper is very, very good. For me, I would love to see Smith and A.J. Brown with Buffalo's passing volume. That would be something because they're both so good. At some point, somebody is going to have to suffer in Philadelphia because of the lack of volume. Is it going to be uh, – Goddard, is it going to be the running backs? Is it going to be Devonta Smith? You know, I, I'm not sure. I think he's going to, it's going to be a situation in my eyes where he has some really good games, but then he has some kind of duds. And I think that's going to be frustrating. Uh, I do, I do like, like the team. Um, it, it's really, I, there's some fun builds here. Uh, I'm not sure with Dougie and his three quarterback build in a one QB league. I mean, I guess get your guy or your guys. Um, He's got some options. You know, I think the one that um, just looking kind of at the top of their lineups, there are some really interesting teams. I really like uh, what the Beave 1228 did. You know, Cup, uh, I still think Metcalf's going to find a way to be a good score. Cooks is a very underrated option. And like I said, Godwin, if he really is as healthy as they said at the beginning of the season, that's a great pickup. He has Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara, a couple great options in the backfield. Gets Jalen Hurts, who's a sneaky top 10 option at quarterback, and Dallas Goddard. So he gets that kind of stack there. Um, you know, I think Garrett Wilson, James Robinson, Neheim uh, Hines, Alec Pierce, Zamir White. These are kind of upside plays, but I like his his basic setup. Trevor Lawrence, if he really takes off in year two, you know, he's got that, him as an option. And David Njoku, I actually think, is a sneaky play at tight end as well. 
uh, think he could be in for a good year there with Cleveland. And we have finished the draft. So your last two picks, you got Chris Evans uh, and Josh Kelly. My last two picks, I added wide receiver depth with Russell Gage, who I think is the forgotten man. I do not see, I don't think, did Julio draft? Uh, yeah, he. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, there he is. Julio Jones goes at 11-10. Um, I took Russell Gage at 15-12. I still think Gage is probably a guy that's going to be more regularly involved. And then I took Devin DuVernay. I took a shot. Who knows what's going to happen with that Baltimore passing game. But uh, do you have uh, any other thoughts? Um, You know, I went – I you know, the watching Kelly play this weekend, he looked good and he looked explosive. Uh, I think this is a workman telling us Murray was his unfortunate auto draft. Getting getting Joshua. I'm I'm looking at Kelly because they're saying that Spiller's going to be out three or four weeks potentially. So Kelly is going to be that number two there. So early in the season, uh, Kelly will get the opportunity, and if he shows out well, it may keep Spiller off the field a little bit for a few more weeks. If he doesn't, if he, you know, is the guy for a couple weeks and then Spiller comes back and takes it, or if Kelly goes out and just shits the bed week one and they're like, screw this, we're going with Larry Roundtree till Spiller gets back, you know, then he's my last pick, so he, he's going to be cut. And I, I just feel like with Chris Evans, I, Joe Mixon is the man in Cincinnati, but come on. Evans is better than Samaji P. Ryan, right? I mean, I'm not blind, am I? I'm not a, I'm not a moron. I mean, I'm not an optometrist, but so I still, can't comment on your vision. But still, uh, I, I feel like Evans is going to take that role from Samaji P. Ryan because he's just more explosive, and so he can do more with the limited touches. I think that bumps P. Ryan down to three. Um, it, it, it's... The one thing I would say is in a 16-man roster with one QB and no tight end premium, take your shots on receivers and running backs. You can stream a tight end because the people with the multiple quarterbacks and the multiple tight ends in this format, that's who they're going to be cutting when they have to go and pick up a wide receiver for a bye week or to cover an injury. So there, there's going to be quarterbacks and tight ends. Don't don't overdraft and, and take too many of them. Unless you have a strategy. Well, for uh, this is the start of the uh, the next three weeks. We are actually going to be doing um, draft content on Monday. So next Monday we will be doing a Superflex redraft mock draft. So if you enjoyed being uh, on our mock panel, stay tuned for links to get blasted out. Anyone's happy uh, to pop in and Dennis and I will be going over a Superflex redraft mock draft. And then on September 5th, Labor Day, the last Monday without the NFL season, we will actually be doing a live draft for our listener league. Um, getting in and we are going to be doing our live redraft draft uh, drafting live for a team that we have to keep all season. I can't see how that's going to backfire for Dennis, Matt, or I. I'm also having, great. I'm also having a couple it's people. My year. 
who are who are in that league over to my house for dinner that night. So they're going to be down here probably laughing at me as I accidentally pick all Raiders. It'll be like the Oops All Berries, Captain Crunch. Mine will be Oops All Raiders because I wasn't paying good enough attention, which I almost did here. Um, but should be a lot of fun. In between there, we're going to be doing our rankings the next couple of weeks. So we are moving back to three episodes a week starting this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So on Wednesday, we will be back looking at our top 24 consensus QBs in redraft rankings. But until then, Dennis, what should the people do? The people should rate. The people should review. Give us a five-star, a big thumbs up, whatever your platform says. Uh, and thanks to the guys for and the gal. I think there was a gal on there uh, for hopping in and uh, mock drafting with us. We really appreciate it. Yep. And like I said, if you enjoyed it, look for the link next Monday. Until then, see you Wednesday.